0: You can have the salt burn experience, just not the bathwater. This is TFGM Button. It's the focus group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Welcome to TFGM Button. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett. We are the Tuesday podcast of the Focus Group, which you probably already get in your audio feed of choice if you are following us. But if you want to watch the video of that, that drops on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and on YouTube. And of course, TFGM Button is brought to you every week by CC Video, which is Critics' Choice Video. America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. You can get there by going to focusgroupradio.com, clicking on the Critics' Choice video logo, and start your exploration and shopping experience. Uh, So, Mr. Bennett. Yes. uh, Super Bowl is in the rearview mirror. We plan to have a um, a discussion about that in our focus group show, because that's uh, where we normally tackle that stuff. But I will say this. Uh, There were very few things that made me look up from my iPad. (laughs) One of them, though, was the ad for Pluto TV. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) So you've been kind of a devotee of Pluto for a while. Yeah. And uh, I tuned in this weekend and they've changed the interface. It's a lot easier to find things. I guess you've suffered through the different iterations of how you navigate there.
1: It is not. Yes, that's my biggest complaint about it or would be my biggest complaint is the what do you call the navigation
0: yeah it's the, the, but but i discovered that they have like star trek running all the time oh, like yeah. the, ne- the next generation in ds9 they even had the classics and then we tuned into lucy and the uh, episode that we we watched a couple episodes but just a week ago you and i were talking about how on i love lucy and seinfeld to a large degree you never really knew what year it was they would drop right. a name or two so this episode I saw was when Lucy and the gang were in London, and she's trying to make a palace guard laugh or smile. Right, It, it was hysterical. And, and you know, the, and Ethel comes over with a book and she holds up the book and she says something about you can't make these people laugh. They're the Queen's guards, whatever. And Bob paused it or, you know, and he said, look, and it was it said a guide to uh, a guide to British. A guide to the British something or nineteen fifty-five. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, yeah, because they were probably trying to. Uh,
1: I, I've always tried to do that with the newspapers, and a lot of people do that. They'll stop and see what was it a real
0: newspaper or what yeah. was advertised. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that that's funny. And I, I never noticed that Ethel was carrying
0: that. Yeah. So we watched that. We watched a couple other things. We would bounce back and forth between that. I've been trying to avoid the news. I am so tired of all the screeching and the politics and the former president and all the backlash against Joe Biden, not remembering someone's name, even though Trump does this all the time. And so we decided that over the weekend, instead of watching, if if there was ever a hint of news besides weather, we would jump on to Little Britain. (laughs) Oh, gosh. <laughs> so we brought up the DVDs. Of, uh, we bought first season up. And I got to tell you, Tim, we were pounding the table <laughs> and screaming. We were laughing so hard because there are bits that I don't remember. And now that I'm seeing them, I'm like, oh, my God. They were equal opportunity offenders on Ooh, many levels. And everything. so it, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Fat Fighter is one I love when she's with the Fat Fighters, with particularly with
1: Rosie O'Donnell. I had Pluto on. Richard was in the background, and I went to Pluto and I had the first, the pilot episode of All in the Family. So I didn't realize this. They actually did three different pilots, three all the same pilots? thing, but for different networks. And it was called Justice for All, and the, their last name was Justice. It wasn't Bunker. Mm-hmm. But by the time it got to CBS, and it was the Bunkers and the people who we know as Mike and Gloria and the the stars of the show. And I, it was on in the background, and I'm listening to it and. Richard says, what are you? His mouth was open because he couldn't believe the language. (laughs) That's not what I was expecting you to say. Okay. No, because, I mean, Archie, and it was, I don't know how. He's like, how can they have that on TV now? I said, well, it's on Pluto. I said, but it's, I said, that was TV then. I said, people spoke like that. I said, he was not, you know, he, and it was, he went after every single stereotype and trope and and you know things that you could never never get away with today which is a little bit like little britain is
0: oh my god you yeah know. so you must did you see the um the uh, pluto tv spot in the probably it was the third or fourth quarter of the game you know i don't know how i missed it because uh i was paying
1: more attention in the, the third or fourth quarter i i was you know i was in and out like you were i was watching stuff i, I posted some of our favorite uh the two Budweiser favorite ads on our social media. And I was following social media, what people were saying. We had a few people ask if we were going to critique the uh, commercials, but I said not this year.
0: Uh, Yeah. So uh, Pluto ran this. I thought it was hilarious. Although today, this morning it got panned as being cringeworthy. Um, Oh really? They ran. And that's my whole objection to this Mm. little game here with the advertising. Um, They ran an ad of, uh, it was about, it was a couch potato farm. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that's all, right, okay.
0: For <laughs> all these couch potatoes being farmed <laughs> and they were setting up monitors in the dirt, and they were having people watch it. I thought it was clever. I did funny. like that, but I didn't know what it was for. I caught that in the middle and Richard you know one of the big know. reasons I liked it it ha- it had no celebrity in it no and and I and that's my biggest critique of of the entire Super Bowl is. <sighs> Does the joke require celebrity? Or is your writing that lazy that you have to like, we're going to have this person do the ad. And then you write the ad around the person. I don't know. That's, it seems lazy. It's always dangerous and it's lazy. And I just kept thinking, because it was
1: close to about 7 million or a little more, depending upon how good your media buyers are for the spots. And I just thought, what a waste. I think the Kennedy ad was, was hilarious. was just unbelievable. Did you see the Kennedy ad?
0: We... I could not believe what we were seeing.
1: Well, as Richard said, it would be better than hearing his imitation of
0: Catherine Hepburn.
1: I am yeah. running for president.
0: <laughs> yes, I, we couldn't believe. <laughs> and then Bob got irate. Bob's like, how dare he use? He uses that because that ad was for John F. Kennedy, I think. Was that was one of the original ads he right. ran when he was running. He, and Bob was like, how dare he use that? His own family doesn't even want him to run and almost disowns him. Then, you know, there was FanDuel popped up um, and their original pre-Super Bowl ad had Carl Weathers as like a coach, you know, and he sadly passed um, not long before the Super Bowl, just a little, well, you know, February 1st, actually. And so I had read that FanDuel went and they quickly re-edited the second half of that spot or the spot that was going to run in game and they added an in memoriam to it. So they somehow changed it and then it, then bought enough time to put up a thing that said, you know, uh, thank you, Carl, or whatever the, the thing said. Um, so it's stuff like, and I just sat there and said, Bob, this is exactly what Tim says all the time, or used to say it when in your capacity as director of marketing, you know, you got to be careful when you go with personalities and sports oh, yeah. figures, because you're not going to get the result you always think you're going to get, right? No, it's like when we had, you know, hired Lance. Well, I didn't,
1: but I was part of the team that did. <laughs> you had to deal with it, though. <laughs> it was Lance Armstrong, who could not act. You know, mm-hmm. actors, There's, there's. He's a, he was a, an athlete. Like, they all yeah, can't yeah. act. You know, Billie Jean King struggled with that a little bit. But Martina was actually quite good, surprised Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I remember yeah, her New she, York Times. She was, was an entertainer. I mean, she yeah. knew what to do. So while you're watching Pluto, though, be sure to check out Buzzer because it's the old yes, shows, yes. So yeah, we did that too. <laughs> okay, some of them are some of them are are quite good, particularly the ones from the when they do the black and white ones from What's My Line or whatever. It's just a I, very I, very
0: different time of Americana. Oh yeah, I enjoyed the Pluto experience to the point where I almost signed up for an account because you can actually sign up and then you can curate. I don't know how this works, but you do all your favorites and somehow it feeds it to the app so that when you sign in, you just see what you want to see. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm I'm really thinking about that because there are some movies that were playing that we wanted to see. And we so between that and little between basically busting a gut with little Britain or frankly, busting a gut with Lucy, you know, when she was trying to make the palace guard laugh, you know, I've seen that episode, I don't know how many times as a kid. But you know when Ethel says to her, well they they're never they never crack a smile whatever and Lucy just does this thing with her face and her body like well you wait until I yeah. try to
1: <laughs> No, there's just some great lines there she's got there, there's two of them that I like and they're two I think they're a few seasons apart but where they're trying to get they're trying to get Ricky to um, be distracted right and Lucy says to Ethel, you know have him saying, oh no I can't oh please she said you you take care of the ham, I'll take care of the beef. That's when they were <laughs> doing the uh, the freezer. Then another time, she, she said, oh, Ethel, have him sing. No, he won't. Oh, please. She said, outside of sugarcane, ham is Cuba's biggest export. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, it's just fun, innocent stuff. Um, All right. Well, uh, we're going to continue our Super Bowl conversation on the focus group, which, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, drops on YouTube at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Wednesday, or we'll just pop into your feed. Uh, by Saturday. So our first story, we have three stories we curate here on uh, TFGM But and we uh, try to wrap up the show in about 20 minutes. So our first story here, I I pulled because I never fail to be amazed by this story, but it's about Josephine Baker. And the headline, it's from um, lgbtqnation.com. And the headline reads, the black queer icon who spied on Nazis, flew a World War II plane, and was also a vaudeville superstar. To fans, Josephine Baker was the ultimate sex symbol, but behind the scenes she played a crucial role in the Second World War. So Josephine Baker hailed from the Midwest originally, um, and you know uh, her life began in East St. Louis, Missouri. She was there during some horrific uh, race riots where the black citizens were literally publicly hunted down. Uh, she eventually left and um, went to Europe, um, where she had a lot of success. But the thing that I was most amazed by is I'm not sure I knew that she flew a plane. I did know that she spied for the Nazis, but the thing that struck me about this was she found freedom and she found a, a life and, and, a, and she built a life and a whole career. Um, she had to leave the count, you know, the constrictive, uh, <laughs> American Midwest for Europe. And then what happens? Fascism rises and, uh, Hitler comes along. And once again, you know, she is other and she's on the wrong, like for a while, she's on the wrong side of history being in France, but she still trooped on and, and gave it her all. So I, I think it's kind of a cool story.
1: Yeah. I, I was unaware. I knew her as an entertainer and always loved, um, her spirit. She was, you know, kind of the, the catalyst for people like a Grace Jones, I always thought. And, and she, um, when I read this, I had no idea that she allegedly, they said had affairs with Frida Kahlo. Uh, mm-hmm. Bessie Smith, who we've talked about, was a pilot as well, first African, um, African-American female pilot. And, um, you know, I, I thought immediately of Julia Child, who nobody ever thought was doing some undercover work as well, right? The, <laughs> I, that's, are you serious? Well, because we had these women that yeah, were, were in France, and they ended up doing um, great work during the war and uh, providing intelligence. And I thought it was interesting. I had no idea that she, they said she was the, uh, in 1963, she was the only female speaker selected by Martin Luther King for his March on Washington. And um, she got up there wearing her wartime medals. But I, I, um, I always love these sort of stories because I thought, as you mentioned earlier, despite all the adversary and uh, or all of the, um, the troubles in terms of being other in this country, that she had honor and integrity and duty to country, despite the fact that the country didn't treat her the same way.
0: Well, she even says at one point, I have walked into the palaces of kings and queens, into the houses of presidents, and much more, she told the crowd. And this is the Martin Luther yeah. King crowd. Um, but I could not walk into a hotel in America and get a cup of coffee, and that made me mad. I mean, yeah. it made you mad. I, I'd be furious. And for her fi- piloting stuff, it says here, Baker joined the Red Cross as a pilot, Yes, she herself flew whole planes packed with provisions over mountains during a war before being recruited for espionage work by French intelligence agent, agent uh, Jacques Abté, pretending to scout locations for a cabaret tour of the Iberian <laughs> Peninsula. The pair, he poses her ballet instructor, carried secret photos of German troop positions to British allies stationed in Lisbon. When she completed that mission with flying colors, it was decided Baker could use her celebrity for projects like charming state secrets out of vital foreign dignitaries at fancy parties, including none other than Mussolini. Mussolini. So so it's just amazing to me. You know, it's just I like these stories. Yeah. No, I thought it was. uh, I'm I'm glad that uh,
1: you picked it because I was unaware of a lot of this. And I always like when we have something where I learn.
0: Learn something, so everybody learns on the focus group. Tim, what was our our motto? Listen, Listen laugh, and laugh, and learn. learn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josephine Baker died April 12 nineteen ninety seven. Four days after her sold out, celebrity studded career retrospective, Josephine Abobino, nineteen seventy five. More than twenty thousand mourners paid homage at the funeral. Um, amazing woman. Just I, I, I yeah. like this little step back in history to remind us that uh, our community has given a lot. <laughs> Let's put it that way. This next one couldn't be further from the amazing Josephine Baker. Um, the headline reads, and it's a short article, book banner humiliated at Florida school board meeting. She fled without saying a word and not a single book was banned. So, you know, last year around pride and in the middle of the year and all that Disney don't, gay, don't say gay stuff and everything, uh, Moms for Liberty, I think is the group. They They like kind of, came out of the cracks. They oozed out of something. And they started showing up at all these school boards demanding books be banned. And um, in this case, the two books at this library in Florida, surprise, surprise, uh, the Brevard County School Board uh, down in Florida, the two books they were demanding to be banned were The Kite Runner and Slaughterhouse-Five. Okay, so Many of you listening have probably read Slaughterhouse-Five and seen the movie. It's Kurt Vonnegut. It's sort of a, it's a science fiction historical thing. Um, this, this gentleman, jumped, Billy Pryor, I think it jumps back and forth in time. He was at the bombing of Dresden. It's an interesting story. I don't know what would ever make someone want to ban it. And then the Kite Runner... Was this amazing novel uh, a fiction that came out of, of Afghanistan, like about the whole Afghanistan, uh, the country, and how it's seen so many different occupying forces? Um, so, isn't that weird though that, that they want? Yeah, I
1: had get... gone. I have not read Slaughterhouse Five, but I did read The Kite Runner, and I loved it. Yeah, and it was really about how Afghanistan has been exactly as you said, um, kind of the rise of these powers that have come in and essentially ruined the culture. And, and uh, this was seen from the view of a kid who grew up in a very progressive Afghanistan where women were allowed to go to school and very very progressive compared to other places in that area of the world. And then him trying to get out of there. And I loved the story. I thought the story was great. And it's, it's really about overcoming- um, Adversity. Adversity. And, and it, 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 anyway, I, I, and I, so I went and I looked, why would they want to ban these two books? And they thought maybe the language might be offensive there was there was no real reason that that maybe it was anti-religion or there was some just craziness which you know re- reminded me and it was here in the article the one woman that's head of this moms uh, moms of liberty and in, in florida got called out for having three ways
0: and the husband, and yeah, yeah. And and the so husband was the head of the wants, GOP down there. Yeah.
1: Right. She wants to legislate morality, you know, and, and, <laughs> oh, her husband, and her husband's watching her getting licked and fingered while he's in the corner <laughs> and she's going to tell us what's okay.
0: That, but hey. That's the game they play, isn't it? That's the game they play.
1: So she had to go. The same thing happened in the Pennsylvania chapter, too. There's somebody, again, got in trouble for lewd conduct and something else. So so they've had to disband. So this Moms of Liberty is almost as bad as the million moms. Um, Which we
0: know are two people at a table. Two people at a Formica table in Arkansas. (laughs) Formica, that's what it is. (laughs) Right. You do Formica. Right. (laughs) Lots of linoleum, too. (laughs) (laughs) One One of the legs is rusted and it's missing the caps, so or you know, scratches <laughs> Scratching a little in the table. Mm-hmm. So to end this one, though, one of the one of the opponents of the of the idea of banning these two books said the kite runner's depiction of the growth of the Taliban and its repressive autocracy in the name of religious nationalism, and the rise of parental rights groups that want to limit what students learn. He compared the two, saying, "Basically, you're you're coming in to do this, but you're trying to ban a book that's basically showing what happens when people do exactly what you're trying to do. <laughs> when people ban, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, I just sometimes I look around. And I'm like, mm-hmm. is this the country you and I grew up in? I mean, no. it's just well, it is, it is, yeah, it
1: is. But we didn't know about it. It's like <laughs> the rest of the world, John. <laughs> we didn't know about it. Now we do because they would have had to take time to write letters back in
0: the day." It, it, Thank you. It would have taken longer. Yeah. Um, all right. So our last story, uh, which I teased at the beginning, um, I have not seen Saltburn yet, but I know some of the basic beats and I know some of the big things that happen like the bathtub scene, like the grave scene. Um, so Tim found this and I love it because if you're a fan of certain shows, you know, there's a a, a kind of a drive to visit where they shot them. And So this right. uh, the headline says Saltburn makes Northamptonshire the latest bucket list holiday spot. The mansion where they filmed Saltburn, um, it's called the Drayton House. It's just, it's just one of the filming locations from the film that dropped in November of 2023. That, but it's the family estate of heartthrob Felix Caton, played by Jacob Elordi. Jacob Elordi. In the movie, and it's setting the internet ablaze and the region in which it's filmed. It's become now it's become a hit for tourists. Um, I don't think people are allowed in the house, but I <laughs> could you imagine now yeah, it's, a with... yeah. a it's a privately owned
1: home. They said the family is the Sackville family, it's privately owned, but people want to go by and look right and see it like they did with the Home Alone, Down Abbey, or yeah. anything like that. And they mentioned Downton Abbey, they mentioned Friends, uh, the, the particular diner in Seinfeld, which is up in was it the Upper West Side in New York.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, people want to go see, you know, these locations. I, I'm more shocked that you still have not watched this movie.
0: <laughs> so okay. So the story is Northamptonshire is becoming a place for, uh, like, TV movie tourism. Right. You can go see where right. it's filmed. The second aspect is why haven't I seen this yet? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I promised to watch it this week. I've heard, and and you know what? I told Bob. I said Tim liked the movie and wants to see it again, and that that immediately made Bob perk up he's like oh it's
1: beautiful it's beautifully shot and i really was i you know i like to try to figure things out as they start i struggled with this one so i'll be curious i don't know if you know the full the full plot of it but
0: i i don't and i I went in blind i went in
1: blind and i was glad i did okay because it's you know at the very end it ties it all up but i was still like hmm (laughs) Didn't, didn't see this coming so I, I, I'll be curious as to what you think. And then everybody loves the famous scene at the end, which he doesn't use a prosthetic.
0: Yeah, this, I, I know for a fact, I know that one because I've seen some memes pop over. He dances around this very mansion. Right. Uh, naked. Yeah. And then he himself, yeah, Barry Ke- Keegan or something later on. He's like, no, that, that's me.
1: <laughs> and he's put a new, he's put a song from the, I think the 90s back on the dance charts oh okay murder on the dance floor oh i remember so, murder on yeah. the dance floor sure yeah so so those are our our stories this week as john mentioned uh thanks to our friends at critics choice video you'll find them by going to our site focusgroupradio.com while you're there you'll see the logo for critics choice video they've been with us since the start here on tfg unbuttoned and we appreciate their support so please support them and uh as john said we'll talk more super bowl and advertising on our show the focus group with tim bennett and john nash on wednesday And then, of course, you can find all of our media housed at focusgroupradio.com. See you next time here on TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.